Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hi, friends. Well, you have survived the election of 2020. Congratulations. I think all of us may have a few extra. Oh, maybe you don't have any gray hairs, but I think I probably have a few extra maybe even a little added wrinkle line here or there. Certainly I've had a few extra pounds added to me during all of this stress and time of political ads. But hey, thank God the political ads are over, right? Isn't that a good thing? Well, some of you right now are just very overjoyed and you're so happy because maybe the president you wanted to win won or the senator you wanted to be in the Senate won. Same for Congress, or maybe the judge that you really wanted to get voted out off the bench was voted off the bench. Some of you aren't feeling the same way. Some of you didn't get the president you wanted. Uh, you didn't get the senator you wanted. You didn't get the congressman you wanted. You, you wanted. Yet you just basically probably got a city council person that maybe you wanted. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Because to be honest with you, Elections come and go. And I know the, oh my goodness, all the conversations. This is the most important election of your lifetime. It might be. You know, we've pretty much said that for as long as I can remember. And I can remember a lot of them. As a matter of fact, I remember, I'm going to take a caveat here, just take you down memory lane for a second. But I will never forget, I was interviewing for the Walt Disney World Ambassador. I was in the interview and there was all these vice presidents and directors of Walt Disney World. This was a big deal. I was like in the final interview and they weren't allowed to ask you how old you were for obvious reasons. And so they didn't, but you know what they did instead? I'll never forget this. Maybe that's why I got in politics. They asked me if I voted in the last election and I was floored. I was rattled. I I guess I couldn't think as quick on my feet at that age as I thought I could. And I, I looked at him and I went, no. And they're, And they asked me why I didn't vote. Well, I was so nervous to be in this interview applying to be the Walt Disney World ambassador who is going to represent the entire company as the solo ambassador that I was so nervous I couldn't do math in my mind. The truth was I I wasn't old enough to vote in that last election. I wasn't old enough because where I live, it's 18, you know, it's 18 years old. (laughs) And I, I got out of that interview. That was like the most memorable moment of that whole interview. Because I I went home and I asked my mom, I'm like, Mom, why didn't I vote in that last interview? And she started laughing. Now, this was not a funny matter. And she started asking. And so I was dead serious. I didn't know why I didn't vote in the last election. And she just looked at me. She started laughing. And she goes, you weren't old enough to vote. I'm like, oh, then I got mad. So I was, at first it was funny until it wasn't, right? You ever had that times where it's funny until it isn't funny? So it was funny, 
But it wasn't funny because they realized when I said no, I didn't know why I hadn't voted. They pretty much were able to figure out I, I at the last election, I wasn't over 18 years old, which meant more than likely I, I couldn't vote because of that reason. So, I mean, you didn't have to be brilliant to figure that out. But that was their way of inductive reasoning, and they figured it out. And so I never forgot that. I think that's partly what drew me to politics, because I kept thinking, wow, if politics, politics must be really important for these big wigs at Walt Disney World to be asking me, you know, if I voted in the last election. But listen, some of you are ecstatic. Some of you are very frustrated. Some of you are scared. You don't know what the future is going to hold. I'm just going to tell you right now, none of us know what the future is going to hold, but God does. Right? We don't know what the next four years are going to look like. I don't care who made it into president. I don't care who controls the Senate or the Congress or who your state representatives or your state governors are. Even if everybody you picked made it and got elected into that office, you still don't know what the next four years are going to hold. Because we had no idea in the middle of March or January when we got a virus hit our country, we had no idea what was going to happen to our country. True? Yeah. So let's reflect a little bit. We have been put through the ringer. We, every single night, there's more news. There's more, like, it's like, ramping up. To be honest with you, I think it's going to get a little bit more intense leading up to the swearing in, which is going to happen in January 20th. So just because the election's over, and as we are listening to this podcast, let me just tell you right now, uh, I don't think we know who the winner is as you're listening to this podcast. This podcast comes out on Wednesday, November 4th. And I'm just guessing there's going to be some offices, there's going to be some hotly contested election results. I don't think people are going to be conceding so amicably. But you know what? That's not the first time that's ever happened. So let's talk about what we can do as a family. Because you know, that's what I am about. I want to help you build a close family. One that loves doing life together. One that when you turn the tassel on that child, they're not just like, see ya. Thanks for the upbringing, thanks for the car, thanks for the food, thanks for the room and board, but I don't believe or accept anything you've taught or trained me in. Keep your God, keep your religion, keep your politics to yourself, because I am not buying any of it. Now, I know some of you are listening and you have younger children, you're going, what? That's not going to happen? I know, I've had a lot of people say that over the years, until it happens. And it's devastating because there's nothing to me harder than pouring your life into your kids and then your kids rejecting you. And as much as possible, I want to help that not happen in your family. And it starts with little things like elections, tempers, flair. You may even be angry. You may be ranting and raving. I don't know. You may have eaten a gallon of ice cream on election night. Maybe you feel sick as a dog because of uncertainty. I'm just going to say this right now. God is not a God of confusion. None of this is catching him by surprise. He established all of our days. He knows what's coming tomorrow. 
and next year and the year after that and the year after that. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what was going to happen with mail-in voting and early voting and ballots showing up and, oh my gosh, this didn't catch him by surprise. You've got to reassure your children that possibly could be quite heartbroken because maybe they were invested in all that you were teaching them. And so your disappointment may be their devastation. I want you to think about that. Your disappointment could be your child's devastation. Careful what you say. So let's talk about the eight tips that you can do to help shape the memories that will live on. So this can be a time where your kids will always look back on, oh, do you remember when there was this guy named Trump and this guy named Biden and they were running for president? Do you remember, Mom? And on election night, we did this. Or do you remember how everybody was just moaning or celebrating? Can I just tell you they'll do that? They really will. If it's a big deal, like if it's a big election or maybe they were a part of it in some way, they'll remember it. So... In the next coming weeks, give everybody a job. And you're like, what do you mean give them a job? Well, let's just, just kind of think. If your people or the people you wanted didn't come into power or the people that you didn't want came into power, however that works for you, right? Help your kids process this. Get them distracted. Give them something to do that gets their minds, that gets your mind off of the 24-hour news cycle. Because you are already going through enough. You don't need to add more. Turn your attention to Thanksgiving. Turn your attention to thankfulness. We're in November. Be thankful. Give them a job to do. Help them find and discover what is good, what is right, and what they can be thankful for, and what they can be grateful for. And if you give them a job, It helps them fill a role where they're engaged with something. Because up to this point, it's been kind of crazy. Just there's been a lot of tension and nobody's afraid to say anything and nobody's looking at people and you're just, there's just this fear, this oppressive fear. It has been over our whole country. And just because of an election, that's not going to eliminate the fear. It's also not going to make everything just all better and go away. So if you make sure you give them a job to do that's focusing on being thankful and being grateful and filling a role in your family that's needed and valuable and their identity is found in the family on earth and of course with the Lord, but in the family unit, there's identity there, there's trust, there's security, there's safety, all those really important elements. Find something that fits their age and their maturity level. Maybe it's after the election declutter the house and pull out the Thanksgiving decorations. Maybe you've already done that. Maybe it's deep clean the house so we can get ready to usher in a new year. Whatever it is, find something that you can distract your children with, that you can distract yourselves with, and move on to the next season, which is Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's school It's finishing this year of trial and disruptions well. It's finishing it on a positive and not a negative. Don't come up with a list of issues you want to cover and discuss. Whether that's political analyzing, 
whether that's analyzing attitudes, don't do it. Wait. There's something about waiting that allows us to kind of think through our thoughts and process. Really listen to what your kids have to say. Really listen. And you know what? I want you to listen to what they're saying to the siblings. The -the off-the-cuff comments, the comments they make to grandma and grandpa or auntie-uncles or neighbors. Because remember what I said? Your kids can be really, really torn up. And you don't want them to be. Don't allow your siblings to mock each other. If one child is experiencing a sense of disappointment or loss or grief, don't let the other children make fun of them or mock them. Validate and affirm, I know. You really wanted to see such and such happen. I know that this is really disappointing to you. It is me too. But don't allow your siblings your kids mock each other for their sensitivity level, for their disappointment, for their grief, or you know what? Don't let them mock each other for the disengagement that some of your kids might have. Some of your kids might care less who was just elected to anything. They're just interested in if they can play video games tonight. Does that make sense? See, having opinions about all of the election stuff that has gone on, having opinions is absolutely fine. What isn't fine is marginalizing each other and minimizing their feelings. Yes, I know. As a matter of fact, my husband and I were just talking about being overly sensitive. Some of our kids could be, when they were growing up, they were a little overly sensitive. Their feelings could get hurt rather easily. And we were just talking because if you have those kind of children now, They don't just stop being like that unless they are squelched. And then they stop being who they are. And there's a difference between being overly sensitive and being sensitive. And that's what we were talking about. Because I tend to be more of a sensitive. I I sense the feelings of others around me. And then I, I adapt how I speak to them and talk to them based on that. Now, my husband is different. You know, my husband, and we laugh about this, and it's nothing I haven't said to him publicly in other places, so... I'm not, I'm not outing him here, but my husband is an engineer, very logical, sequential, you know, A plus B plus C plus D, you know, he's just very fact. There's no feeling in numbers and facts. I mean, numbers add up or numbers don't. Buildings are built properly or they aren't. So, you know, there's not room for all of that stuff. And so what I might feel somebody being overly sensitive is he may view somebody overly sensitive being very different than me. So mom and dad, and if you are a single parent, I want you to take that in consideration. Who is defining the oversensitive? Certainly we don't want melodramatics or constant drama from a child or even ourselves. But be very careful in how we attach a label to someone Because, you know, we could really hurt and harm the work that God is doing in one of your children. They do grow up. They do gain wisdom. God does help them see as they mature. But be very careful. This one I want to drive home to you guys. 
Be super careful that you don't allow the siblings to mock each other for how they think or feel about what has just happened. Next, use this time to build each other up. You've heard this before, right? Well, at our family's house, we, we tend to have a lot of self-deprecation. We have a lot of, um, we'll pick on each other, laugh at each other, laugh at ourselves. Our rule was you can't laugh at each other if you're not laughing at yourself. You know, if you're the perfect one, then you have no business laughing at others because the joke's on you, really, right? You do want to have a sense of humor. Everything isn't always serious, although sometimes I can be that way. And then my kids will quickly remind me. There's some of their their words. Uh, we had a group text this week that kind of went like that. It was pretty funny. I won't share it, but it reminded me how important our words are in a text. It reminded me of this whole podcast. I mean, it's kind of what made me do this podcast this week because it just happened. And my kids are all adults, but words can be easily misconstrued and they don't land into a tender place of your kids' hearts. And no matter what age your kids are, even adult kids, we have to be careful. I know you've heard me say this before when I talk about monitoring your mouth. You do. You want the words that come out of your mouth to land in a tender place of each other's heart. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have tough conversations. That doesn't mean you can't help somebody see something that they're doing wrong or something that's hurting somebody else. Or maybe the log that they've got in, you know, it says God's Word talks about get the log out of your eye so that you can see the, the splinter in somebody else's. So, you know, if you have to help your child see something that they're doing that they don't see, uh, you want to be careful with how you do that because you do want to be able to build them up, not tear them down. And you know what? Don't get into fights. It's an election. There'll be another one in four years. Don't get into fights about it. Look for ways and areas that you can discuss how each other feels about it or thinks about it. Because it's not all feelings. I mean, there's true, logical things that will happen as a result of this election. Just straight up, talk about those things that are going to be, you know, like factual, whether there will be a change in administration or there won't, there will be disruption. And we've already had a massive season of disruption. But stay focused on your end goal. Your end goal is to build a family that loves doing life together, that loves the Lord, not just religion, folks, not just knows about God, but actually loves God, and wants to be in a relationship with him. And we don't want to destroy all of that over political bantering, political disagreements, political discord. Focus on the relationship. Focus on listening to your kids. Focus on clarifying the message. Take time this week to process. Turn the TV off. Nothing's going to dramatically change this week. Give yourselves a break if you haven't already. Many of you have. Ask them questions. Hey, how do you feel about what just happened? You've seen some of the ads because it pops up on social media every two seconds. You saw some of the ads on the game systems. I mean, everywhere, anywhere there was a device, there was a political ad. Your kids were exposed to it if they have any screen time whatsoever or if they go out in public at all. They're subjected to political propaganda. Ask them leading questions to get a conversation going. What are your thoughts about the election results? 
Do you think they were fair? Do you think the other side did X, Y, or Z? Do you think the other side cheated? Do you think the other side lied? Do you think the other side manipulated? Do you think the other side was gracious? Do you think the other side will do anything destructive? Or the people that didn't get their way? You think the people that got their way, will they be humble? Will they be gracious? Will they reach across the aisle, so to speak? Will they really have all Americans or just a few on their minds? Ask them leading question, depending on the age of your child. And then pray. Pray for the administration. Pray for your state, your county, your city, lawmakers. Pray for the judges. Pray for the lawmakers. The ones that will be enforcing or creating or changing laws. Pray for them. Pray for your country. Pray that we will be a nation that turns our heart to the Lord. See, our hope is not in a president. Our hope is not in a senator. To be honest with you, our hope isn't even in the Constitution, although I love the Constitution and I love our country. You know where our hope is? Our hope comes in Christ. Our hope comes in knowing the Lord. Our hope comes in knowing the truths found in God's Word, not the promises made on a podium or lectern, not the promises that are made not the behind-the-deals moves that are made. That's not our hope. See, my goal for you is that in four more years, you will have a 15-year-old that's going to be voting in the next election. Think about that. You're going to have a 15-year-old who's going to be 19 years old. They're going to be voting. (laughs) And they may be interviewing for a job. A very important job, and they may be asked, say, so why did did you vote in the last election? And they may be able to, you know, forget as well as I did. I wasn't old enough. See, this is a critical season of your lives as you're raising your kids. Middle schoolers are kind of oblivious, although don't underestimate their thoughts. They're deep thinkers. Help them figure out how to think and process truth. Help them think and process. Is what somebody say... Is it true? Can it be examined and questioned by someone else and still found to be truth? Those are the things we're equipping our kids for. We're equipping our kids to become adults, to take their place in the marketplace, to take their place as an ambassador for Christ. We want them to be able to be strong and stand boldly and not be afraid. We want them to know the truths found in God's word and not just a bunch of paraphrases and not just uh, random points that they learn from a topical one. You know, they open the Bible and they drop it and they they read one verse and like, oh, that's my verse. No, we want our kids to learn who God really is and that God is really in control now and into the future. See, we can trust him. We don't put our trust in man. We want our families to love doing life together. And I want you to be able to have these critical conversations with your kids. 
at this point, it was the coolest thing in the world to be able to have some of these conversations we had about fracking. I have some kids who have different, very strong opinions on fracking. I had other kids that were kind of clueless, like, what's fracking? Yes, and they're in their 20s. But still, they don't know everything that there is to know. I don't know everything there is to know. Why would they know? But it gave us some great opportunities to say what we do know and why we believe what we believe. And the influence that you have is incredible. You have more influence than you imagine. And I know the world tells you just to kind of let your kids go, let them, you know, do their thing. And I'm saying, no, you don't. That flies in the face. I get it. But that's why I wrote Parenting Beyond the Rules. You know why? Because I've watched and listened to thousands of stories of families that have been blown apart, devastated, destroyed at the hand of unbending rules, not listening, not being careful with their mouth, not being careful with family meetings and conversations, not understanding the world at which their kids were growing up in. I don't want that to happen to you. I want you to understand the world your kids are growing up in. And it's very, very different than your world. Even now. Very different. But the cool thing is, gosh, you can have these outstanding relationships. You can have your kids actually as adults call you and say, hey, let's FaceTime the whatever you're watching together. Hey, let's, can we come over and we'll make dinner and we'll watch the debate together? Whatever it is. We want them engaged in policy making. We want them engaged in the understanding of the political system. We want our kids to understand why our country was founded and why our country is such a great country. And those are the things you're able to have. So we have survived the election cycle of 2020. On March 20th, 2021, the president will be sworn into office. And then the rest of the story will be written. And God knows exactly what that will be. And he wants you to play a role in it because he's given you an assignment. Stand up, be faithful, do your assignment, and he will be glorified. So until next week, you have a great week. And we'll soldier on. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member. And hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.